Hi there everyone and welcome back to the Why Music Podcast, the podcast where we explore different musicians and their music throughout history. In this episode, we're going to talk to a composer who's doing incredible things in the music industry. She has written music and worked with BBC, BBC Radio 3. She has her own podcast called Beyond the Chameleon, and she is also a mum to three children. So today, we're going to speak to and learn about the life and the music of Ella Jarman Pinto. Hi Ella, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to us today. I'm really grateful, thank you for asking me. So first of all, I've given you a little introduction, but could you please tell everyone a little bit more about you and what you do? So I'm Ella Jarman Pinto and I am a storytelling composer. I work with words and voice to create music that helps to promote stories of positive change. Thanks for sharing that with us. Just curious though, what exactly do you mean when you say a storytelling composer? So I have always been interested, and this is a, this is a new direction for me because I was doing film, I was trying to get into film, I was trying to get into TV, and I realised that actually all the way through my life I've always tried to find a reason for the music that I create. Like the ego, my, my sense of self isn't enough to justify the music I put out, which, you know, this is just my way of thinking. It doesn't have to be the way that everyone thinks, but I, I had to have a reason. I had to have a story. I had to have a way of talking to the audience, even if the music didn't have words. It, it had to portray something that meant something to me and that gave an idea of how I would like the world to be. So recently I decided, you know what? I want to only work with people who are creating stories that help positive change, whether mm -hmm. that's making sure that, you know, you have kids seeing, you know, the TV screen and there are people who look like them on the TV screen, whether we're talking about stories that everyone can relate to or that people who are usually left out can relate to, um, whether it's talking about climate change, whether it's talking about just love or, you know, motherhood, which is something is important to me at the moment. Mm -hmm. It's all about putting out good into the world and using my music to promote those stories and to promote that good. This is really interesting because I think there are some composers and some people out there who might think of the idea of composing music as just you're composing music, not that the music itself has to have any particular meaning behind it. It's just music that you might hear on TV or you might hear on a radio, for example, right? So really curious, what is your day-to-day -day life like as a composer? Um, it's different if I'm working for myself versus when I'm working with a client or when I'm working with a collaborator. But essentially, it's all about getting the influence, the inspiration from the person that I'm writing the music for. Um, if it's a client and they're, they're paying me to write music for them, I will have a conversation with them. I'll ask them about what their hopes, their dreams, what they want, what they don't want, not musically, but just in life and what they want from the project and what their goals are and then where they're coming from and what it means for them. It tends to be quite funny because 
we'll be sitting on a call and having a really good chat and then halfway through the call as the words start moving into music my vocabulary disappears and I can't speak so <laughs> I find myself getting quieter and quieter and quieter as and like I might draw kind of some shapes on a piece of paper I might write down words outline words I might describe ideas of how I want the music to sound and then at the end of it I go off and create the piece of music and that's not necessarily you know the the music I hear at that point is not necessarily how it will turn out usually usually I hear it I describe it to the client I go away write something completely different <laughs> and then come back and go here you go what do you think of this um for me I like to sit at the piano and I just like to put my fingers on the keys and just press the keys and hear the sounds and go where it takes me, record it so that I can come back if there's something that I liked but I can't remember. I like to go back and have a think about it. I like I like recording the spontaneity of things that come out of my hands when actually I'm not thinking but I really, it's different from improvisation because actually I want to capture that and keep it. So yeah, there'll be lots of back and forth with my phone and the recording. Um, and um, yeah, I'm very much someone who plays with my ear. So I might not at the time be thinking about the notes that I'm playing. I might not be thinking about the time signature, but I will be thinking about how does this sound overall? How is it making me feel? How can I move it just a little bit further to make the audience just a little bit mm. less sure of what's happening <laughs> or more sure or, you know, just to play with those expectations. So, yeah. Okay, that's really interesting. I think it's important for anyone listening to realize that there isn't just one way to create music, right? And we can get our inspiration and our processes from different people at different times in our lives. So whichever way you feel comfortable to create music is your way and that's okay, right? So we've learned a little bit about your process, but are there any composers out there whose music you really love, whose processes you really enjoy? Could you give us a couple of names? One composer is Caroline Shaw. And just growing up, going to university, trying to find a female composer, I mean, let alone trying to find a black composer. Yeah. I mean, a female composer for me, walking around the, the library, if I found someone, I heard someone whose name that sounded female, often was a actually a, a guy who had a, a female sounding name. I was always just searching for the female composer. And one day my husband came to me and he said, you need to listen to this music. And I said, I don't want to. <laughs> like, I don't want to sit down. Just put the baby down. I'm tired. I don't want to listen to the music. He's like, no, you need to listen to this music. So we sat down, we turned it on, and we just sat next to each other on the sofa. And pretty much, jaws hit the ground. It was an experience that I had. I don't think I've ever had with music to that degree. Um, and it's Caroline Shaw's uh, partita for Eight Voices. And uh, they're on, she's part of an ensemble called Roomful of Teeth. And it's just, yeah, I don't really have words for it. She's just amazing. <laughs> and she's female, you know? She's, she's someone who's written an incredible piece of music and I can relate to her in, in some way. The other composer is Hildegard von Bingen. I think she was around in the 11th century. She founded her own monastery. She was the abbotess. All the nuns wore earrings, which is, you know, 
out of the ordinary. Um, she was a botanist. She well, she's basically a polymath. She was a botanist. She was a poet. She was a composer. She even had the Pope traveling to meet her to get political advice. Wow. So this is a woman who, in a time where women were absolutely you know not able to hold their own power held some of the greatest power in mm. in her time and to the point of us knowing her name now when most other women throughout history have been um you know have been written out of history so mm, yeah. yeah she was a great inspiration to me when i was studying because i just thought wow if you could do it i could do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, of course. This brings us on to another really important topic because you've mentioned two women here and you said how important it was for you to see and to hear the music of women composers. Um, so could you talk a little bit more about that and your own personal experience and why it's important for young people to hear and to see composers who come from similar backgrounds mm. to them? Yeah, well... Just to give you my experience, so I am mixed heritage, I'm black mixed heritage. I grew up with my white mum and I grew up in an area of the country that doesn't really have any black people in it. It's only now that I'm 32 that I've met a group of black people living in the same area that I now live in. And when you've had so much of yourself going, you know, you've, you've either had to hide part of yourself because people don't accept it, or you feel that you've missed part of yourself because you don't understand some of the culture that you've come from mm -hmm. or some of the things that happen you don't understand because it's in you know for example my family is incredible I love my family and they're loud and they're musical and they're you know they're bold and they say what they think and I I, I understood it in in context of my family but then I went to Barbados for the first time and I was like oh this makes <laughs> sense this makes yeah. sense okay <laughs> I understand now what I've not understood, what I've been missing, this 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 context and this cultural background, this cultural context. And so with that background, then going into even more and, you know, even more of a white environment or even more of an upper class environment or even, I'm going to say, even more of a colonial environment, which is actually probably what the issue was mm. of a, you know, of a music conservatoire in the, you know, Western Western colonial classical music going there and hoping that I would find someone like me and not finding anyone like me and also not finding the understanding that I would think would be there and then even worse not seeing anybody as an example for who I could then become so it, it was you know like I said I would go around the library just looking for looking for female composers you know black composers didn't even cross my agenda because I just needed someone the same gender as me you know and then and then someone who looked like me would be great but like you know someone who wasn't male and and that kind of I I, I got very disillusioned with some of the you know male ego talk like just there was a lot of ego and I just needed a different perspective so it's only now again that I'm 32 I am you know someone who is getting wiser and wiser every day and the only black composers I know have been through the work that you have done, Nate, and the work oh, wow. that um, Elizabeth DeBrito has done. And I don't think I still haven't heard any music of these black composers. Like, I still haven't heard it. And, and that's not because I don't want to listen, but it's just, well, 
it's that thing of it's scary. It's scary to find what you've been looking for all this time. Mm, yeah. And so you don't necessarily want to go down that route because it's so emotional and it's so terrifying and it's so, yeah. it's like, what am I going to find? And when you've been on your own for so long, it's like, do I now then, am I now then not important? Hmm. Because yeah. I've been on my own and I've been stood out. And so people have said, oh, you're a black composer. We'll work with you. You know, and then you meet other black composers. You're like, oh, so my edge is gone, <laughs> <laughs> which is not necessarily good. But do you, do you understand where I'm coming yeah. from? There are so yeah. many layers to it. And I think this would not exist in any way if I had grown up with black composers, female composers, you know, like th th we're just talking about two intersections of society here. We, you know, we're not talking mm -hmm. about a general intersection of society. If I had grown up with people who looked like me, if I had grown up seeing cultures that were my culture or seeing a mix of cultures, or if I'd grown up having the questions asked around me rather than just in my own head, then I would be a very different person today. Very different. And I think for me, that's that's my answer. Everyone deserves to see that they exist in this world a hundred percent i couldn't agree with you more so um just on that topic could you speak to anyone who's listening who might feel isolated who might feel like they've never encountered anyone who comes from a similar experiences or backgrounds to them um, what what would you say to someone if they were in front of you right now hold true to who you are hold true to who you are because people will try and box you in People will try and categorize you. People will tell you who you are not. People will tell you who you are. People will claim you. People will reject you. But actually, you're unique. And you're the only person of you, regardless of you know, where you come from and who you are. You are unique. So just hold on to who you are. Write the music that you want to write. And you know, find your people. Find your people. Your people don't have to look like you, but they can be a nice mix and they can think like you or they can make you think in a different way. Or, But your, your people are people you feel safe with and you feel safe and you feel loved and you feel valued by and just for being you, not for anything else, not for what you do or what you have done or what you can give them. Yeah, hold to yourself, trust yourself, love yourself and... Uh, You'll be strong. You'll be fine if you do that. Mm. Or fine if you just do little bits of that. <laughs> you don't have to do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, of course. But we don't yeah. always have to be so switched on all the time and be so concentrated all the time. We have to give ourselves breaks. I think that's really important as well. So in the spirit of that, let's lighten the mood a little bit. If you could go to dinner with any two people, dead or alive, who would they be and why? Okay, Michaela Cole. I want to meet her so bad. <laughs> I just feel like she just blows everyone out the water. She's like, this is what I think. This is what I want to say. I'm going to say it and you're going to pay me for it. Well, I'm like, yeah, I want to be you. <laughs> or even if I don't want to be you, I want to meet you because I just she's the voice we need she is the voice we need you know she just breaks all the taboos and oh i love it i love it and the other person so the other person i'd like to meet i would like to meet michelle obama okay okay because you know like her other half seems great 
M and all. But you know what? It's hard to be second fiddle. Yeah. Very it's true. hard to be that person on the sideline to be judged for what you're wearing. And, you know, she's a lawyer. She's a lawyer and she, by by the act of her husband going for a job, she, her life was changed and she had to sidestep everything that she'd done for herself and become something else and become something else in someone else's view, not her own. And I think she dealt with it really, really well. And I would like to meet her. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Funny, you didn't mention any musicians mm. though. Oh goodness, musicians. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. That sounds dreadful, doesn't it? <laughs> no, no, it's okay. It's all up to you. <laughs> it's your dinner party. No, 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 no. That's that's disingenuous. I I I really I find it hard. I'm I'm someone who so I, I'm I'm neurodivergent, so I get obsessed with people very quickly. And so I try very hard not to get obsessed about musicians because okay. it just makes me feel bad about myself. I got you. <laughs> so yeah, if I meet amazing musicians and amazing people, then I can't wait to meet them, but nah. <laughs> no. No, I'm I'm not into pedestaling people and and yeah. Like it's all, for me it's it doesn't matter what you do it's about what you bring mm, mm. yeah I like that I like that a lot <laughs> <laughs> and I, I wonder if you could share any advice any suggestions any tips for anyone out there who's struggling with you know what they're bringing to the table in terms of composing in terms of being human beings whether they're searching for identity whether they're trying to find people who make music who look like them or who come from similar backgrounds to them who have neurodivergencies like them potentially as well. Is there any words of advice that you can offer up to anyone listening to this episode? If you find the people who light you up and you write the music that lights you up and you put it out there and you do it unashamedly and you believe in yourself and you know you learn some marketing techniques and you deal with your mindset, <laughs> basically get rid of all those negative voices in your head or not all of them, but manage them turn the volume right down um you will find your way you'll find your path um it is hard work i've worked mm -hmm. really hard over the last two years and um it's been really really difficult but i've invested in myself i've got business support so i've actually looked at my business like a business mm -hmm. rather than just being like i'm an artist yeah that's very important um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and you need belief in yourself. You need belief in the stuff that you do. Even if it's every now and then, even if you're feeling worried, even if you feel a genius one moment and like rubbish the next moment, as long as it keeps coming back, it's cyclical, that's okay. You just need to keep hold of that, keep trusting that it's gonna come back. You need people around you. You can't do anything on your own. Every hero, in any time they get a have a challenge in their life, they have to ask for help in order to overcome it. Mm. Encanto, mm -hmm. all of these things, all of these places, Moana, they have <laughs> help. Yeah. So be the hero, ask for help. Then you also need to treat yourself like it's a business. Treat your music like it's a business. Treat your art, whatever you do, as a business. Look for ways to get in the market. Look for ways to connect with people, but still staying true to yourself. You will make mistakes. That's okay. We all learn from them. That's all. It, that's all it's about: learning, keeping going, and taking breaks. 
Always take a break. Always take a break. I like that. I like that. Please let us know where we can find you if people out there want to find out more about your work, about your life, about your music. Where can we find you? Oh, yeah. So I am the only one of me in the world, ellajarmanpinto.com. I love it. It's a great name. <laughs> so everything is at ellajarmanpinto.com. You can buy my scores there if you're a performer. You can uh, find out how to work with me, although kids probably won't be working <laughs> with me at this point. Um, Never know. You can email me if you're a young person and you want some support or you want mentoring, please email me and I can either... Uh, forward you to somebody or I could talk to you myself so yeah please get in touch if you need to that's so awesome Ella thank you so much for offering that to everyone and so I encourage you all please 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 take this opportunity to message Ella with your questions and hopefully you can do some great work maybe together or she can point you in some really great directions directions in which you might never have thought about yourself so thank you once again Ella for taking time to spend with us today no oh, thank you <laughs> And thank you all for listening to this episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've learned something. And now you've got someone else fighting for you in your corner, someone that you can go and contact. Find Ella online and contact her if you feel like she could really, really help you in what you're doing. So until next time, check out Ella's music. Check out some of the composers that she spoke about today. And take care of yourselves. Peace. <laughs>